Ben Lawrence. Paul Goody. So we were talking about transition lenses. No, progressive lenses. I did it again. That's twice in a row. You could only have get been, three. I, I could have been uh, completely cool, like I had done it right, uh, but no. <laughs> and as as anyone watching the stream can see, if we're even on the stream now, because who knows. We are, um, actually. But if we're on the stream, uh, you you can see how I have decided to have more beard and more glasses than Ben. Ben has a, <laughs> a beard going and glasses, but I have surpassed uh, both those areas. And so, how does that make you feel, Paul Goody? Do you feel, feel good, to ben. me in some way? I am I am feeling good about it. Also, uh, now these. I was about to show my address on uh, on YouTube. Yeah, which don't do that. Have worked. Uh, but these are socks uh, from a subscription service uh, called the Awesome Socks Club. Now, my family has a subscription to these based uh, on the generous love of Stephen McCandless. Uh, but I also, in a very gift of the Magi, except for myself... So if I had bought them for, if I had, I guess, given away my feet in order to get, anyway, I got a subscription myself before I knew that Stephen was giving them to me. Uh, these are the socks uh, for this month. A little awesome bit of socks. a dagger going like on, yeah. Sock of the month There's club a, or something? Yep, exactly. There's a potion on one side and a dagger on the other. Uh, which is apropos because this weekend we went to the Renaissance Festival. Ooh, and a uh, Ren fair. Yeah, Ben. For those people who are um, watching us on the stream, I'm going to do something very exciting uh, that is completely visual, and therefore the people who are not watching us will have no idea what I'm talking about. But Ben, for you and the people watching on YouTube, I'm even going to remove my headphones for a moment so you can see the full wonder and glory of this thing that I bought at the Renaissance Festival. Here we go. Taking right. off the headphones. Which means now, you can't hear what I'm saying right now. you'll still be able right to hear now. me. But, uh... It's a red... It's a flash helmet. It's a The Flash helmet. Or it actually looks more like a The Flash shower cap. It's a... Yeah, it's, it's sort of a... Like a... What do you call those helmets that people in World War I wore? Uh, when helmets. they flew airplanes? Do those, do those have a specific name? They're Pilot just like leather caps. Or leather caps or whatever. Yeah, it's like one of those, except it's got sort of wings on it. Here's the thing. I saw it, and I said, someone is really going to enjoy that. It looks pretty Not cool. Me. And then I was walking away, and I was like, oh, shoot. I was born on the Mercurialia. Mm. Supposedly, you know, I, I at least have some affinity for Hermes. And therefore, owning a winged cap seems correct for myself. So... I have done so. I now have one. You do and, have uh, one. I have a whole outfit for uh, Sunday, which was is going to be um, Halloween. Those of you listening to this on the podcast feed, 
Uh, Halloween has already happened. But for those of you... Right? Yes. In fact, this will, if I get my act together, this will drop on actual Halloween Day, which is not, as we've discussed in the past, the day that your town celebrates. Uh, Trick-or-treating happens on the 30th. Um, which is my mother's birthday. Hey, well, happy birthday to your mom. Uh, it feels to me like a, a horror film plot. We don't celebrate... I've, I've said this before, but I'll say it again. Oh, we don't celebrate Halloween on the 31st. The That's 31st satanic. is when we have the parade. You're going to the parade, aren't you? We have a special role for you to play in the parade. Here, put on this bear costume. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. It's, it's pretty good. Uh, also, have I talked already about how I'm drinking coffee again? No, I find that surprising. Well, Ben, it all boils down to, uh, as you know, I am on the Boaz Frankel diet uh, again. Well, now, here's a question. Are you drinking iced coffee or hot coffee? Because I've known you to drink iced coffee in the past. I am drinking hot coffee uh, with uh, non-dairy creamer. But here's the thing, Ben. I actually got a French press, so I am drinking not just coffee, but I am drinking variants of it, including tea and coffee mixed together, coffee and turmeric, uh, coffee and uh, cocoa, actual cocoa, like one would uh, put in a hot chocolate, that sort of thing. Just all sorts of things and coffee mixed together. You're messing with perfection. Coffee Very by itself fun. is great. Coffee by itself is great, and sometimes I simply have coffee. I actually don't. I have a French press, too. I don't really like French pressed coffee. Really? Yeah. That, that strikes it, me as being odd, because you are a fan. And I want to apologize to everyone uh, for the fact that my ceiling fan is in my shot. I know Ben as a as a videographer uh, who cares about lighting. This is like the worst thing. Oh, you know what I could do? I could turn that light off. Let me do this. Uh, I'll do a couple of things. The reason... I'm just going to finish my thought here. The reason yeah, oh yeah, I don't like... The reason I don't like French press coffee is not because of the taste. I enjoy the taste. It's because you get the grounds in your coffee cup oh so at I the do bottom not. of your coffee mug you have this coffee sludge and it's not just it's not maybe you have a brand new french press and the screen isn't as as bent I think as it that will get must be what it is because because there's a coffee I... shop down here there's a coffee shop down here on capitol hill and their drip coffee is not drip coffee it's french press coffee and I hate getting drip coffee from there because ultimately the inside of the cup is coated with uh, coffee grounds. Yeah, no coffee grounds on my French press. I just bought it. That might be why. But the other thing is that it's a it's a small French air. I can even show it to you. Again, uh, bonus content for people watching on YouTube. Hold on, Ben. Just wait one second. People oh on God. YouTube ah, watching. What's happening? 
do we need to call for help? Edward! Call Save him! Edward! Um, so, yeah. Here we go. So this is uh, my French press. It's by Bodum. Can't see it. You gotta put it in frame. <sighs> there we go. So there it is. Yeah, very, Bodum. very small. It's red. There's the there's the screen that I use. Yeah. Has these little things on the outside. And yeah, you just it just you put it in there. And it's got this little it's got this extra little filter thing here in the front. Yep. Standard. Standard. And yeah, no What I would what I would no do so I have I have a little pour over uh, cup topper, so it's basically just a, co a plastic cone that fits over the coffee cup. You put your filter in, put your coffee in, it, and you just pour hot water into it, and that's how it makes coffee. When I would cook, when I would cook, when I would make coffee with my French press, it got to the point where I just got so sick of the last few uh, sips of my coffee being gritty that I would pour the French press through an actual coffee filter wow. in this pour over thing into the mug. And uh, I'm like, I'm, I just got to take out the middleman here. And then I just started, and then I bought a pour over unit, which was basically just a, you know, a, a glass carafe with a little armature that holds the, um, the, the filter bucket. But then, you know, Sometimes in the morning, I didn't want to take the time to gingerly and lovingly pour the water into the coffee. So then I bought a Mr. Coffee. Mr. Coffee seems like a good plan, right? I mean, it, we're getting to the point, Ben, where where most things uh, are a very more much more animist sort of relationship, where everything is going to have some tiny little bit of AI built into it. So why not already start anthropomorphizing your coffee maker it's performing a service for you well speaking of ai in your coffee um <laughs> coffee is that ai in your coffee or are you just ha what happened okay go ahead actually ma'am i am not happy to see you it is in <laughs> fact ai in my coffee and I leave it up to you to guess what that means there are drm um uh, Keurig pods. Have you heard of these? You probably have because it's been out for a few years. I know I know what Keurig pods are, but are you saying that there are some pods that... Yeah, so Keurig, uh, the Keurig 2.0, uh, for those listening who probably don't know what a Keurig machine, you probably do. I'm going to explain it anyway. It is a yeah, single it cup could, coffee it could be service. Out. And so you buy these little pods. They look like, actually they look like kind of like the pods of creamer you'd get at a Denny's. And you stick it no in the No one's going to know what creamer or a Denny's is. <laughs> okay, fine. A Sherry's. It's a, it's, uh, a, anyway. it's, a small, it's a small plastic cup with a, with a yeah. uh, foil lid on top of it that's adhered to the plastic cup. Coffee grounds in it. You close the lid. You stick it in the hole in the top of the Keurig. You close the lid. The Keurig shoots hot water through this pod. Uh, and, the, the top and is through pierced. A by the machine yes. when you close it. So what has happened, mm -hmm. and Keurig actually faced a blowback for this, 
I think maybe even Starbucks does this as well. So you, there are companies that sell Keurig pods, but they are not Keurig branded. That's right. So what happens is Keurig actually puts a little bit of a, like a, a, it's probably not like an RFID chip, but some sort of thing on the bottom of the pods. And the new Keurig brewers, the new Keurig machines, if it doesn't recognize a Keurig pod, won't brew. So let's say you bought from Costco a thousand of these, you know, Folgers coffee pods for your Keurig won't be able to use it in your Keurig 2.0 because your coffee maker will only allow you to use Keurig branded uh, coffee pods. And now it's time for company the apologist the story. Paul Goody coming in to save Keurig from feeling bad. It's it's because you never know, Ben, what these third-party coffee people are doing with their pods. It could break your Keurig machine. It's going to lose its no. warranty. <laughs> yep. That, that's you playing uh, devil's advocate company apologist. And not just Keurig playing by the home printer rules, which you make the coffee maker super cheap, but then you charge a lot for the pods. Hey, speaking about the future, Ben, have you heard... Future Ben. Oh, oh it's Ben's going to get the news. Ben, Ben's once again, get da, 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 da. News, news about things that... Oh, there are actually two, two bits of news. Two bits of news. One about things that I am very excited about, and then the other... Uh, AI art generation? Uh, the other, a, a thing that actual people might care about. So, yeah. Marvel movies. Uh, uh, so, okay. <laughs> First of all, let's, let's go with the AI art generation. You already guessed the category. What is the news, Ben? <laughs> I'm gonna need some. Uh, I'm gonna need some more direction okay. or a hint. Okay. I am not as in tuned into this world as some people on this show. Shutter. Oh wow, that was a weird whistle. Shutterstock. That's your siblings showing. Are you familiar with Shutterstock? Oh yeah, it's a, a place where you can buy uh, stock footage and images. And can, what else can you do with it? With with images on Shutterstock. You, they allow you to edit them, though I've never done that. They also allow you to sell them. Oh, yeah. If using you are, them as a marketplace. A creator, of course. So. I'm thinking about what, the end user experience. What paradox has arisen from Shutterstock moving into the AI space? The AI art space. What paradox has arisen from Shutterstock moving into the AI art space? That is correct. Nothing's coming to me now. I'm guessing that... Uh, well, we've, we've talked about this before, right? Do you remember what the last Ben's going to get some news was? Microsoft was using some sort of AI generation in Bing search results. That's right. So, so use that, and now what, what is Shutterstock's business model? What do they do? <laughs> I don't know. They use uh, AI art-generated uh, images in Chrome's Google search results. No. Um, but you're getting warm. They're doing something with AI-generated images. When you... Well, I mean, the... 
obvious answer to me is when you search for something on Shutterstock, it fee it creates the image for you as opposed to showing you an already established like photo from a photographer. You will be able to purchase somehow AI generated images from Shutterstock. Now, yeah. paradoxically, what has Shutterstock decided to do? Uh, very similar to something that Getty Images has done. I don't know if I've mentioned it to you or not, but that that was already in the news back in September. Shutterstock, Ben, will not allow you to sell an AI-generated image on their marketplace. So oh, you can buy okay. one from them, but you cannot sell one. So who's the... What's the generating uh ai behind shutterstock did they are did they license AI, something the from they're licensing open, open AI, ai the same people that did uh the licensing with microsoft so you go through and you search for a specific image in shutterstock i'm assuming it'll I, allow I, yeah. you to opt out of finding of, of an ai generated image versus I'm, i mean a non-ai generated image I don't know. They haven't. They they've announced it. I don't think they've started it yet. As a as a person who has dabbled in UI before, if they don't offer that as an option, it's dumb because they should. Yeah. Uh, and you're just going to um, frustrate people who didn't want it. Right. Right. Who's sometimes Again, people might not the, even know. The that this is the other thing that that's going to happen. We've talked about this before. How you and I can go to our respective older relatives' house, see the aspect ratio of their television being off, and it just driving us nuts. But they can't yeah. tell, right? Right. I think in the same way, uh, you and I, maybe, will probably be able to say, hmm, I think that that image is AI-generated, uh, for a while, at least. It's coming back to how... Uh, grandma, you know, grandma got a brand new um, uh, 16 by 9 TV, but it's it's showing all the letterbox content uh, squeezed because for whatever reason. Is it because grandma can't tell or grandma doesn't care? It's because so I think, is, yeah, that's is a there very going good point. To be, is there going to be a user base for Shadowstock who just doesn't care if there are images or AI as long as it fits the bill? 100%. 100% yes. Although, I will say this. Those people also most likely just going to download a picture from Bing rather than paying Shutterstock. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, that's what people do on Google search images anyway. Why should I Why should I pay for this image of a car when I can just steal one from the internet? You wouldn't steal a picture of a car from the internet. Um, so, <laughs> yep. so, boy, uh, shout out to anyone who got that reference, <laughs> uh, really shooting the needle. I, but, but yeah, yeah, some of the things that, that us older folks on, because like I said, I'm, I'm topping, I'm up there Almost on the 50. mid journey thing. Um, a lot of people are in their thirties, uh, or younger. There are, yeah. um, there are some older people there, but one of the things we talk about is how, um, we were alive when VHS tapes started to be offered and when they stopped being offered. Same thing with CDs. Um, so that's really interesting. Um, 
because there are there are technologies that have gone obsolete within our lifetime, have been innovative and then gone obsolete within our lifetimes. It's pretty crazy. That's the mark of progress. And so that's the question is, you know, AI generated art, what we think of it now, right? Eventually, I, I feel as though we're just going to, you know, anything you want, you're going to be able to get for... You know, some price. You know, you, which, you want a new pair means, of pants, you can have them print, printed for you. Yeah. Which means the cost of actual non-AI, non-3D printed stuff is going to be a premium. Yeah. Because AI-generated stuff is just going to be everywhere. It's easily accessible. But if you want an actual photograph of, like, a woman in a wedding dress in the rain... You're going to have to pay for that. You can, yeah, exactly. You can get a picture of a woman in a wedding dress in the rain. It might be really good. It might be really good, really clear and all that. But you're not going to want to pay for the fact that it's really good like that. You're going to want to pay for the fact that an actual woman had to get into a dress and stand in front of a photographer. It's going to be, you know, the artisanal kind of set side of things sure maybe the maybe the ai image is better even maybe it looks better maybe the lighting is is better maybe all that it's not going to matter it's not the same as having a person there we're talking about craft do you think that um typesetters in the newspaper era thought the same thing when printing when um like rolling printing came about when yeah you're taking all that you're you're you take you're taking all the artistry out of my craft, man. Dot matrix People are printing. People to pay for this, right? When dot matrix pin- printing came out, and there were print shops that had that. People who were typesetters were like, "Man, look at this! No <laughs> I problem can see the whatsoever." Dots. <laughs> yeah, you can see the dots. No one's gonna want that. And then some people were like, "I don't care if I can see the dots." Yeah. Look at I just it's printed. cheaper. Yeah, exactly. And then eventually, printers got to the point where they could emulate. You know, print still, still. I'm, you know, I'm gonna be old even... man yells at cloud right now. Still not as good as typeset print. Sometimes doesn't look as good. Still sometimes problems. Still though, I can download a font that looks like a typeset uh, printing job and print that on my uh, laser jet printer. Yeah, but you can see the you can see the little the tiny imperfection <laughs> still. Uh, people talk about how black and white um, photography, right? The skill set for black and white photography. There's so much stuff that doesn't apply now because of digital photography. Like there's stuff that, um, you know, I, uh, Sarah Sarah H. I won't say her full name just in case she doesn't want to be identified. But um, the the person that I I worked with on. Um, on low work on on bravo um was was taking a class on this and that was the thing that she said you know they were taught techniques but the instructor was like your digital cameras you know this doesn't matter you won't be able to do this um someone pointed out you know they said that oh pretty soon ai is going to be able to do anything a painter can do and the answer is absolutely not because the medium is different and physics are different and so a painting in a gallery 
is not going to be the same as an image on a screen. At least right. for now. Now, is it possible that you could build a robot that paints really well? Yeah, sure. Just imagining some sort of Jackson Pollock robot. <laughs> um, okay. it's, is, a, it's a garden sprinkler. <laughs> this is another thing that people people uh, say. You know, when when you talk about AI art, they lots of times bring up they bring up two things. They bring up Jackson Pollock. They're like, uh, you know. You know, I could do really? what Jackson Pollock did. No, you can't. First of all, you might think you can, but no. Jackson Pollock does a, t a totally different thing. A Jackson Pollock looks like a Jackson Pollock. Your Jackson Pollock imitation doesn't, most likely. Unless you're an actual, you know, there's there's some artistry there that, that people miss out. Um an AI could make a painting that looks sort of like a Jackson Pollock painting. It's not going to be a Jackson Pollock painting, obviously. Um, but, you know, throwing that out there as, you know, something that doesn't really have uh, artistry behind it reminds me of the thing about the CIA uh, doing the culture war with modern art. Look it up sometime, people. I'm not going to get into it. But look up sometime. CIA, the CIA actually was involved in uh, the modern art uh, era, Jackson Pollock type stuff, um, getting more play. So it's kind of interesting. Uh, but the other thing I will say is that the banana tape to the wall thing. When people yeah. say taping a banana to the wall is an art, uh, the, the one thing that I always want to say but I don't because this is what old guys do on the internet. Well, actually, I did blah, blah, blah. Um, you and I... Our performance artists. If taping a banana to a wall isn't art, then I don't know how <laughs> don't to explain know any of the stuff we did. Yeah, people. I'm positive that there are people who would say that we are not artists. I, I know that. I know that. Sure. Okay. Whatever. The interesting about the people who say, well, I'm assuming this. It's a, I'm sure it's not correct because I actually not heard anybody say we aren't artists. But I would assume that the people who say we aren't artists have never tried art. Well, never. I'll say this: they've they've never tried to do what we do. Yeah. Um. I. Okay. So, um. I told Jennifer about this, and I think it'll be okay. I'm gonna put a disclaimer here that 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 there's some lewd talk that is going to happen. Uh, I was on a poetry, I was in a poetry class. This was in Columbia, Missouri in like, you know, the 2000, the, no, oh shoot, the 90s. Sorry, the early 90s. It's a long time ago, Paul. And there was a guy who was like, oh, it's not poetry unless it rhymes. I love, you know, Jesus, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And we, you know, there were others of us like me who, who, thought that we were like you know really saying something using bad words and doing stuff and all that and so he wrote this thing that was supposed to be making fun of us like he wanted to make fun of of the folks but but he wrote this thing that stuck with me it still sticks with me to this day uh, you've probably have heard me talk about it before but if you haven't this is the first time um he wrote 
Uh, I found my dad's nudie mags. And as I was masturbating, I realized that this is the closest we had ever been. As father and son. He wrote that because he wanted it to, you know, to show how awful we were and how bad people we were. But uh, all I could think this of was... This is what you sound like. This is the best thing that you've ever written. You will never write anything this good again. I will never write anything that good. This is what you build your career on. Uh, he did not. He went back to his other stuff. But, but sometimes trying to make fun of the thing that you don't like can give you insights into stuff that you but you also you also kind of proved his point because he wrote something that he thought was something that sounded like you and you really loved it <laughs> that's a really good point i didn't think about that <laughs> but yeah i mean the the and the other thing is he was trying something he had an intention in yeah, mind yeah misguided as it may be yeah but Exactly. And he was exploring. He was doing something that he didn't do. All that stuff. Put that all together. So, so you know, I feel as though the the next version of this AI um, thing that I'm using, MidJourney, is coming out uh, soon. Right now they're having us rate a whole bunch of images. And the basic thing is we're not supposed to rate, you know, does the AI uh, match you know, has it guessed the input that you've put in? It's just supposed to be, do you like the way this picture looks? And so it's really interesting when doing that, just finding out, um, you know, the the pictures that it's that it puts out, there are a lot of the same picture, right? A lot of the same kind of this geographic deer skull versus this geographic geometric sorry not geographic geographic deer skull i i'm i'm going to put that in now it's probably going to be a deer skull with a whole bunch of houses on it but it's on a map this geometric deer skull or this one different colors different shapes and all that but there's some stuff that it has that's really interesting that i can that Can I find you see cool. other people's input on these images? Yes, sometimes. Hey, Can I do you have see a, like a, a score. A really quick question. Um, no, no, you can't see a score on it. That's that's something that they haven't done yet, which I think is actually good. Um, but there are rankings though. There are. I think there are. Like I, I never go to them. I don't. I don't care to. But I think there are like highest ranked images on the site because I know that because sometimes. Uh, accidental porn shows up there and then everyone freaks out because you can make an image off of everything you can make an image off of anything but i think i've mentioned this before this new model is being trained without the porn uh yeah. the original data set had oh uh, did i talk about have you have i been trained i did i did did you look at yourself in it did you look up any of your photos oh no i haven't i did not look um I, I think I might have mentioned this. I don't know that the results um, are from 5 billion different <clears throat> pictures. And so I was thinking about this. If there were a class action lawsuit against one of the... Because that's what people are saying. Well, there'll be a class action lawsuit and then you'll see. How, how do you do that? How do you say, 
well, I'm one of 5 billion people that trained this AI. Have we talked about how diffusion AI works? Have we talked about that? I... I I'm going to so. say it again, and if, and if you're like, oh, wait, yeah, we did talk about this. Okay, so um, first things first. You have a, a drop of ink in a, in a glass of water, clear glass of water. Drop of ink. It makes that little pattern, and then you stir it up, and then the whole uh, water turns the color of the ink, right? Like a drop yes. of red ink turns red. Sort of. Now, that's an example in chemistry of something called irreversible change. You can't make that water go back to that drop. But diffusion AI works on that principle. So the basic idea is this. You take an image. Let's say it's an image of me. Oh, look. It's a guy with beard and glasses. And you uh, use... Oh, and, and you, Ben, as a uh, videographer, can you explain to people what Gaussian blur is? I don't know why it's called Gaussian blur, but it is just a method of blurring the pixels. Right. The pixels kind of mess up somehow. Whatever. They um, blend. They blend. So you so you have these points where you stop, right? You start with the regular image, and you go to point A, and point A is like 10% Gaussian blur. I'm making this up. Point B is 2, so on and so forth, all the way up until you're 100% Gaussian blur. No discernible picture. Just a cloud of pixels, right? And then... Yeah. And then what you do is you reverse to the last keyframe, right? And you're like, okay, pixels, here's how you move to make this, this less blurred picture. And you teach it to go all the way back to from, from the, the, no, the no image all uh, blur to the original picture, right? And you train it to do that hundreds of times. A uh, guy with beard and glasses, a picture of a cantaloupe, uh, a picture of a bicycle, uh, somebody holding a sword, you know, that kind of thing. Just, just you do tons of those. After you've trained it like that, you give it a randomly generated pixel cloud of noise that was never an original picture. And you say to it, okay reverse it get to the original image and it's, ring that bell and it's looking and it's like well i don't know maybe it's this maybe it's oh uh, it could be this and it comes up with a picture of something right and it could be yeah. noise it could be a you know mess whatever and so what what happens with a and uh, disclaimer this is me as a lay person trying to explain this i could be 100 percent wrong but when you go in and you type in a woman holding a coffee mug, right? And it gives it that random image. It thinks about all the things that are a woman and all the things that are a coffee mug. And so when it starts moving that picture backwards, right? Through that to unring that bell, it's looking for things that are most woman-like and things that are most coffee cup-like and whatever until eventually you get a woman holding a coffee cup. So me, as the artist who did When Elephant Met Giraffe, right, and had a picture of a giraffe and an elephant, I am one of the things it looked like when it figured out what elephants are 
and when it figured out what cartoons are and when it figured out on all those elements go together to make a cartoon elephant right but it's not going to make my cartoon elephant it's going to make a cartoon elephant based on what it thinks cartoons are what it thinks elephants are and things like that it's it's not a lot of people think that it's you know that you're um oh dear i wonder if i'm still recording um it's making me sign in normally i um normally i sorry this will be just a second well, while Normally, we're pausing, I'm just going to uh, briefly mention that uh, Gaussian Blur is uh, named after mathematician and scientist Carl Friedrich test, Gauss. Test. Oh, no. Ben. What did you do? I have... I... I, I unplugged the... I unplugged the... the microphone. So it's going to be... It's going. Ben, talk to the people and tell them... Well, it turns out that it's just been me talking for the last I don't know how long. <laughs> let them oh, let them know on the on the podcast, Ben. On the that on the podcast, tell the podcast people that 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 Paul has not been recording hey. his side of the audio. I'm track. back. I'm back. Yeah. For so for uh, for those of you not listening, uh, or or those of you who are listening, yes, <laughs> for a little bit that was just Ben on the audio track. Maybe you could hear me a little bit through his headphones, but. Ben's one-sided conversation did not last too long. It lasted as long as it took me to unplug the USB for the microphone, uh, which you probably heard. And ben, it couldn't have been more than uh, a minute or so. I'll just steal the audio from YouTube. Hey. Fill in the holes. Exactly. S steal the audio from YouTube. Why not? That's internet culture, right? Anyway, so, so here's... Here's so so basically, um, I maybe stopped explaining. Oh, that's too bad. But basically, the idea is this: you train it how to make pictures out of static, then you give it static, and you say, "Hey, this is probably what this is a picture of," and then it makes that that picture, right? That's what you're that's what you're doing when you're training the AI. You say to it, "I think this is a or this is a picture of an elephant and a giraffe," and it tries to find the elephant and giraffe in, in, in that, that static yeah. noise cloud exactly. Does it not go through and come up with it what it thinks the picture is? That's that's what it well you could if you didn't give it any input if you gave it like 3 or if you gave it a bunch of random gibberish or numbers or whatever it tries its best to turn whatever those words are into the thing that it turns the picture yeah. into. But the main thing okay. is this. When it makes a picture of a cartoon giraffe it is not going through all the pictures of a cartoon giraffe and stealing bits of it and putting it together. It has learned cartoon, it has learned giraffe, and it is making a picture of a cartoon giraffe. Which is why the idea of a lawsuit saying, I contributed to making this picture and wasn't paid for it, wasn't compensated for it, doesn't exactly work. And I think it's why they're not really, the companies aren't really afraid of it. Because when you know how it works, my contribution to it, I mean, yes, without me and the other 5.8 billion images, it couldn't work. It needs that that data to, to train on. But if you think of a human artist who's go, who walks around and looks at stuff and looks at, like, people, when they think that this is how it works, they think about how they work, right? I want to draw a picture of a rhinoceros 
I'll go on to, not everyone, obviously, but a lot of people go on to Google Images and pull up a rhinoceros and they use it as a reference. Or they have a book on how to draw animals and there's a picture of a rhinoceros and they use that picture as a reference and they're you, they're drawing that picture. That's not exactly what it's doing. It's it knows it knows what is rhinocerousness and it is taking this noise and making it more rhinocerousness ish. Anyway, I'm guessing I'm guessing that there's not going to be any major class action lawsuits because people are worried that images that they've provided on the internet have been used to train these AIs. Not until these approvable images have been used to create a piece of media that doesn't make money, yeah. like a movie or something. Exactly. Well, and then this is the other thing, right? Um, one of the things that people always bring up is that the AI has been putting watermarks on things and signatures, right? And they're like, oh, this proves... Two things, right? One is this proves that it steals things from regular artists because that's their watermark there, I bet you. But that watermark is just another piece of the image that it saw, you know, from the data set that it has. It does show, and I don't think there's any dispute, that data sets have been training off of uh, artwork that the artists have not been consulted on. No one, no one called me and said, hey, we want to train our data set off of you, right? Didn't happen. Um, but... In the same way, um, if, if my signature isn't going to show up on a picture of the cartoon giraffe that it creates because it took it from me, my signature is going to show up because my picture of a cartoon giraffe had a signature on it. And so it's like, okay, when there are pictures of cartoon giraffes, uh, there's a squiggle in the corner. I got to put that squiggle there. You know, that sort of thing. The fun part, of course, is that other people are like, it's signing the work because it's sentient and it knows that it's its artwork. It's not not the case. Oh, yeah. Steven? Are you going to say Steven? Steven. Hey! Yeah, Steven has joined us. Hey, Steven. A um, couple comments. Some of the moments have passed. However, I'm pretty sure that class action lawsuit is going to have a tough time against the AI lawyers for the defense. <laughs> yeah, uh, Stephen, if you haven't read it already, uh, The Stones of Significance, I think it's David Brin. Uh, it's a short story, and it's about a guy who creates, uh, well, it's just part of, part of this. there's, a, it's a, there's a, a bunch of different um, parts of the story, but part of it is, that he creates an AI lawyer to argue for uh, allowing an AI to be declared uh, sentient. It's it's great. It's a really fun, fun read. Uh, he also said previously, it sounds like Paul is creating giraffes from a vacuum, like the Big Bang, calling the universe out from nothingness. Yeah, I, I feel as though, you know, the... Uh, the the novelty of of this stuff arising it, and it's, it's actually i guess the opposite of the big bang you're you're taking all the dust of the noise and consolidating it into something so it's actually a uh implosion but then creating something new from that consolidation 
Well, you're Whoops. you're taking a picture of a giraffe, taking everything everybody has ever known uh, about what giraffes looks like, turning it into a little ball, and then creating another picture of a giraffe from that. You're taking you're taking a cloud that doesn't look like anything. And then taking everything people know about giraffes and moving the cloud into a picture of giraffe. The picture of the the original picture of the giraffe isn't there. There is no original picture of a giraffe. What people know about giraffes, so like imagine if you will Forget everything you know forget about giraffes. Forget everything you know about giraffes. <laughs> You're only gonna need the edge. Oh sorry, Edward. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. It's an instrumental Sunday. It's an instrumental U2 concert. (laughs) Tell Adam Clayton to stay at home because you're only going to need the edge. I don't know. It's it's almost working. Uh, But but so the basic thing is that. um, Why did monster truck shows only happen on Sundays anyway? Yeah, because the the Lord, the Lord was afraid. Uh, it's yeah. D- do they go to the monster truck rally after church? I wonder. Maybe so. <laughs> so I will say this: that the the fun part of all of this comes when two people who made a very similar picture on AI end up suing each other for copyright infringement. That's that's going to be the fun part. Uh, Two people who yeah. who insist that that the the thing that the AI spit out is something that they own uh, will be the the fun part, and it will happen. I think. I think. think. Ste- so Stephen just sent me a couple of um, shots of pages from *Rude Awakening*. I think sort of like boasting that he not only did he know the book you referenced, but what pages to take a photo. Oh. Of. That's that's great. Of course he did. Why wouldn't he? Um, yeah, so so right now, like I said, I'm voting on all these images. The other thing is that um, they, the fun part about what we're voting, again, not voting what the AI, with the AI understood the prompt correctly, but just voting about what we like, is that they're... Yeah, so it's a very... It's a very subjective vote. Right, exactly. They're they're trying to use it's the users as data points on uh, what one considers beauty. But the other thing you have to understand is that there are a bunch of factors that we, the AI art making community, uh, think about that other people don't. So, for instance. Uh, ladies, women with like massive boobs were (laughs) all that was being generated for a while. Like that was all that people were were voting on and putting in because and stuff like these that. were all teenagers and tw- early twenty somethings all young, on this well, platform, or or forty and fifty year old men, all with, young dudes with, with uh, just all dudes issues, all basically. dudes basically, and and it was great. Uh, <clears> the <throat> the people who had it, nothing better to do than uh, who who were running it had a had a thing where they invited a whole bunch of women on and said, you know, how can we make this more inclusive for you? How can we do this thing? 
and it seems to have been working out. Uh, there's, you know, there's a move that people don't like where they took out, uh, you know, a lot of the exploitative kind of nudity stuff. And it's like, but that's what I wanted. And so, again, I think that if Pornhub makes its own AI art thing, it's going to uh, explode in more ways than one, Ben. And <laughs> hey, hey uh, like I said, be careful. But but then, yeah, I mean, because they're used to that kind of thing, right? Um, about about being sued for what they have on their platform is what I'm saying. You need someone. Wait, you're talking about Pornhub. You're talking about Pornhub specifically, or just like I, I think Pornhub specifically. Uh, I, I think they stood up to a couple of different lawsuits. I don't know exactly. Uh, like like somebody went like... somebody went after um, Tumblr, and Tumblr took all the porn off their their uh, platform, and then emboldened by that, they went after Pornhub, and it did not work. This is what I remember. I could be completely wrong. Uh, this is back when I was on on the internet still. So those news features showed up. Bless you, Ben. I just sneezed, but I turned my microphone down. Yeah, it was great. Uh, a real pro move. I'm a professional. I, I, I was I was actually going to comment on it if you Not if you a professional. had. <laughs> I um I've not heard about the uh, the Pornhub lawsuits, but that doesn't that doesn't I don't surprise know if, me. I don't know if it's actually um, true. I just know that. Well, just like in terms of say somebody, you know, it's like like revenge porn kind of thing, where you know you got an ex boyfriend putting a video of his yeah. ex, he and his ex girlfriend on the site. She finds it, sues Pornhub to get that taken down. Can I tell you that? It's all with, the other revenge my, porn stuff all taken down too. With my autistic brain, I did not understand uh, what revenge porn meant. I thought that it was like, like pornography where someone was having sex with someone to get back at someone. I didn't realize Best that. That's surf steamy. Sort of, um, you know, like like a, I don't know. Oh, I can't believe that. No, yeah. That, Revenge porn is not a genre. Yeah, that's what, that, thank <laughs> you. That's what I was looking for. I was looking for the word genre. For a long time, that's what I thought. You killed my dad, yeah. and now <laughs> something you you may not have expected. Get ready. <laughs> it's gonna happen. Uh, that has that has the genre probably exists. If it, I don't if know. it doesn't, but it should. There was that whole thing where OnlyFans was going to get rid of all the porn content. Oh, on the you know platform, what? Maybe I'm thinking. Pulled, maybe I'm pulled thinking back because. Well, they pulled back because then they realized, I guess, that uh, the the platform would disappear. I might be thinking of OnlyFans, and when I said Pornhub, maybe and I was thinking of OnlyFans. Where where I said they went after Tumblr and then they were they had their sights on someone else. I think it was OnlyFans. I just those are the two names that I know. I just may be misremembering this, but I think something. Stephen, you might be if you're still with us, you might be able to uh, uh, speak on this more clearly. Not that you like. Anyway, maybe you know more about this than I do, but there's something to do with credit cards as well, where they were trying to get the credit card companies to stop. Man, to stop, um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, enabling this is all the transactions. Back. That's right. 
So, so it's not, it wasn't like a blue clause or anything where like these Puritans are like, oh no, we have to erase porn from the internet. You know, it's more like, uh, well, maybe that's a, you know, what was behind it, but the way to do that is not to appeal to a judge's uh, um, morality sensibilities, but to the credit card companies and money. You know, we can talk about this. I'm sure Stephen McCandless, I know, knows about about this this um, idea. The, the concept of you know, automation uh, has historically, you know, since the 80s at least, um, well, no, I guess all the way back to the Luddites, right? Automation has has cost people jobs uh, in general. And people are starting to pay more attention because the jobs that are going away are white-collar jobs and artistic jobs and things like that. Um, And I made a statement... Uh, that said, I think the future is going to be much more easy to navigate if we get rid of the idea that people without jobs don't deserve to be healthy, safe, and happy. That happy part is a long one, too. And somebody wrote to me and said... Well, I don't know what you mean by this. Can you expand on it? Because I think if someone isn't working, it has to be a good reason. And I'm like, being out of a job... Because they're lazy. Because automation has has moved into that sector is an example of a good reason, I think. And, and we... We should be happy if automation makes a job that nobody wants no longer a job. That's great. What you can't do then is make it so that people can't live, and so I so I there's an sorry go ahead you're you're go ahead, finish your I was thought. gonna say finish so so I put that out there and someone said well I don't trust the DMV why would I want to give the government whatever and I was like who's talking about the government in my opinion <coughs> the person who should be doing this the people that should be doing this are corporations. We think about evil corporations, all they want is money, they don't raise, you know, uh, wages and stuff like that. But there's no reason why they have to behave that way. They could behave differently. They they don't right now, but there's no reason why they couldn't. And I and I thought of two examples. One is, of course, again, uh, the Leclerc community that was started by N.O. Nelson where you didn't even have to necessarily work at his factories, but it was a planned community and you could live there and there was an academy where you could learn stuff and all that. And that's kind of cool. And Blackburn College, when it was founded by the Presbyterians, uh, you worked three hours a day on the campus and then you got to study there and, you know, it was great. You could do stuff like that. People don't have a job where they work 20 hours a week maybe they only work you know 10 hours a week or you know whatever um and then that's enough and then they can they can have the stuff that's all i'm saying i'm sorry i i I cut you off then i talked for longer than ben there's there's an interesting uh shift happening in the manufacturing industry because manufacturing is is one of the industries uh, along with like agriculture where automation is taking taking over people's jobs and a lot of you know they're trying to bring manufacturing back to america with like smart manufacturing and a lot of the people who are still in that sector in america are losing their jobs quote that's the that's the uh that's the talking point losing their jobs due to automation 
and automation is bad, and we're putting the Rust Belt all completely out of business because, uh, or making them all, you know, desperately poor because robots are taking our gerbs. Uh, but the funny thing is, there's an incredible um, staffing shortage in the manufacturing industry. Manufacturers are desperate for people to work the robots. They're not finding them. And now all the boomers are retiring, taking all that all that legacy knowledge with them. And so it's a really big bias. So it's an interesting when people say, well, we're losing our jobs because of robots. Well, there's a job, you know. You maybe maybe you need a computer science degree for it, but well, and that's and that's the other thing is that you know, and this is this is one of the big points I made. Uh, same thing with artists losing their jobs to robots. The same thing with manufacturers. They you aren't losing your jobs to robots. You are not losing your jobs to robots. Management has decided to use robots and also not pay you for the work that they have assigned to the robots. I, the way I, I the way I explained it was this: like, let's say you're on a spaceship, Ben. You and me are on a spaceship. It's just us, and we can do whatever we want. Um, Bad things have happened on this spaceship. If it's just you and me, yeah, yeah, man. yeah. So no, so so you and I are on a spaceship, um, and my job is to pilot the spaceship, and your job is to uh, work the computer systems. And you come to me and you say, Paul, I've just done, you know, and I'm piloting the spaceship. We're, we're always dealing with asteroids. So I'm piloting the spaceship 16 hours a day. I'm just piloting the spaceship and going to sleep. And that's, that's all I can do. I'm working to the bone. You, you've got your computers set up so that they're all working really great. They're humming along. You said, Paul, I've, I've got, you know, all this time. What I've done is I've boosted the autopilot. So the autopilot can now navigate around these asteroids. All you need to do is check the pilot data one hour a day when you wake up, make sure that our routes are correct, and then it'll take care of the rest. And I say, great, that's that's awesome. And then you say, so I don't know how you're going to eat anymore because you're not contributing to the ship anymore. It doesn't. Yeah, you're no longer working on the ship. It, you're not. You're no cargo. It, cargo doesn't deserve a meal. It doesn't make sense. And the long the the thing is, it's the death of community. That's why we're automating a job, and we're saying to the people, "Well, guess you're gonna have to find something new to do." Instead of, "Hey, you know this thing that you've been working, you know, for this long." Now you don't have to do that anymore. All that you need to do is, you know, stand around, watch the robots do stuff. We have um, these snacks for you and a foosball table and a whatever. You know, if the robot breaks down and you need to step in and work, then you're here. Firefighters rules, yeah. right? You get to hang out yeah. until we need you. It's. I'm going to give you a hint. If they could get rid of the people that do uh, some of the hardware maintenance stuff for big businesses, they would, but they can't. And so that is how some of them who have worked out this little niche work, um, you know, and it could happen. They could do it. There's no reason not to. Except they want to make more money. 400 times more than the regular salary. Ultimately, the regular goal. Uh, Steven says about us being on a spaceship, is this show called Red Marshmallow or Marshmallow Dwarf? Uh-huh. <laughs> I do um, like that. Going back to... Red Marshmallow is not bad. 
I'm just gonna read his comments because uh, I think... he's been commenting a lot. Paul, you should probably, you know, when we do this, just like open up a, a YouTube on your on a phone or, or another. Oh, uh, I get distracted though, Ben. Oh, so I could read, read what's comments. Um, here, here's one one thing yeah. uh, I would note though: who's the Lister and who's the Rimmer out of the two of us? <laughs> here's what about Cat? Well, can't one of us be Cat? I'm gonna suggest. <laughs> I'm gonna suggest. I'm, I'm Jennifer's Cat. Uh, I'm going to suggest this. I'm going to suggest that people who don't know us would think that you are the Rimmer and I am the Lister, but people who know us would yeah. know that it's the opposite. That I am actually I'm the, the more of type guy. <laughs> Paul is read only. Uh, what was the android's name? Um, oh, God, Crichton. Crichton, yeah. It's good. Uh, Red Dwarf is good. Some weird stuff happened with I, the guy who played Dave Lister in in like real life. I don't know exactly what it is, but I heard. Did Lister get in trouble? I heard he is got he, in trouble. Did he for get something. canceled? I don't know exactly what it was. Speaking of cancel culture, Stephen says uh, he says they always hit this credit. Uh, going back to people who uh, 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 go after porn sites via the credit cards, yeah. they always hit the credit card processors. That's how they initially crippled Alex Jones. It's a big part of why conservatives are upset about cancel culture. Cancel culture is just a talking point that you can discuss with your polarized audience as long as you can take credit card payments. Um, yeah, we talked about Regarding, Alex Jones uh, on this be place before, but I'm going to say it again because anytime someone mentions him, I like I like mentioning this because it, it, it blows people's minds. But Alex Jones was the darling of the counterculture in the early 90s. And yeah, and in fact, you mentioned that last week, yeah. and I went back and I watched his section from Waking Life. Yep. And I wouldn't exactly call that acting. That's just like a... Um, what's the word? A primordial Alex Jones. It's, it's like he was finding his voice, and Linklater just happened to you know like either know him or catch him. Well, he him was he was a radio guy. Of his rants were were known and all that. And it's one of those things of it's charming and weird and funny as long as you're talking about aliens and things like that until right. you start becoming more mainstream. And that's that's the problem that happened. Same thing. Like I said, my my fascination with Vermin Supreme uh, at the time uh, that he was <laughs> running uh, in the Libertarian primaries would have probably soured by the time he got onto a national stage, you know, and he started talking about things that he would actually be doing. As long as he's talking about, you yeah. know, making, having a Gestapo that makes sure that you brush your teeth, it's all funny, right? It's all good. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, point taken. A lot of those people have actually made it to either high office or high cultural uh, viewpoints. Yeah, it's... Um, Advantages. You know, there's... there's uh, I, I mean, like, for instance, uh, there's, a, there's a book of essays that I, that I read that were, like, really great when uh, I was into conspiracy theory and stuff like that, and it all sounds really funny, and then it becomes chilling... Once you start to think about, um, you know, crisis actors and things like that being something that actual right. people believe are things rather than a funny idea. So. Well, that's just a reminder that if uh, 
the Republicans or the conservatives um, accuse the other side, the leftists, the progressives of doing something, it's an admission that the Republicans have done that thing. I have already voted. Uh, I've I've sent my thing out, um, and it was the first time in a long time that I voted straight party ticket Democrat. And it is one of those things of of we've got this two party system set up, and um, there it is actually a three party ballot, uh, but mm-hmm. it, it's one of those those things where uh, you know they lost me uh, during the mask thing. And also, it's the idea of, hey, I'm going to vote over here because I I don't like either group uh, is no longer fun and or funny. It is now more serious because I'm almost 50 years Dangerous. old. And, yes. uh, yeah. So, on that note, yay, fun stuff. Speaking of being almost 50, the show is over. Paul, thank you again it's for almost 50 uh, minutes being here on time. It's almost 50 minutes since the 10-minute mark <laughs> of when we... Actually, it is. Yeah, 50 minutes past the 10-minute mark. So, yeah. Um, hey, everyone. Uh, who knows what I said? Oh, yeah, Ben's going to put it in from YouTube. Well, uh, I was going to say, who knows what happened in the secret moments of silence when I was... Talking. Oh, Secret speaking about which, uh, I saw some of For All Mankind. Um, I saw like episode, oh, yeah. the, like the first couple of episodes, I think. Um, yeah, it was pretty good. I, I enjoyed the, the it. The Nixon it's stuff. Quality show. Yeah, it's it's like yeah, Nixon probably would have said that. That makes sense. Yeah, they 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 do. It's a lot of future world building yep. and what ifs and some of some of it's interesting some of it's um, not so much but spoilers for for all mankind because now we can talk about it um if i if i didn't talk to you about this on the podcast sorry maybe i did but but that the the reveal that it's the russians uh was great where you're watching yeah. everybody watching because they don't they don't mention it you know it's not something that you that you know until you know and then it's Awesome. What's well, also, I mean, that's also the the log line for the TV show. What <laughs> that Russians beat that the Russians beat the uh, Americans to the moon. Somehow I missed it. Of the show. Um, yeah. Or or I didn't miss it because we talked about mm-hmm. it, but I missed I missed that that's what we were watching. I guess was the thing. Ah, uh, yeah. Like I thought, I th- right on. I thought maybe uh, they were walking. <laughs> I'm serious about this. I thought maybe it was Neil Armstrong. He's walking around. He's about ready to plant the American flag. And then he sees the Russian flag. And he's like, what the heck? That's what I, I honestly thought. Like, he, he would say what the heck out loud, look to the camera. And then, but that's not what happened. It's one small step for man, one giant leap for mother. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening. And I've been Paul Goody, that's Ben Lawrence, and we're here to keep it wrong. I don't think that works. Keep it wrong, We'll probably not use that as the... Keep it it wrong. wrong. Yeah, nice, nice. All right, Ben. Speaking of old references, nobody's going to get. Bye, Paul. I'll see you later. I'll see you. And we're clear.